the Mitch. G'day guys, welcome back to episode 33 of Life's the Mitch podcast. Woof. Swimming along now. So last week I spoke to Anthony Pollock, a, a local guy that lives near me. Here we spoke all things nerddom, comics, and about his podcast, SaturnTelepass.com. So check him out. I'm sure if you're into the genre, if you're a nerd of all things you know, pop culture or anything animated or movies, check it out. There's a lot of writers working for him, and they do a great series of reviews. Now, so I, I've, I'm a fan of his, so check it out. So this week, got another guest who's a local. If you can pick, pitch your minds back, or, I don't know, back to episode five, I had Andrew on. And uh, Andrew and I spoke about same-sex relationships, uh, time in the minds, and uh, we quite referenced uh, a lot about his partner, Chris. Well, today, I have some great news. The man's in the building, the Lithgow legend, Mr. Chris. How are you today, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for coming up. So, you know, all things all things uh, catching up. How you been? What's been going on? Not, not a great deal, honestly, but, you know, I think last time Andrew spoke to you about our, our new business we've started. Yeah, he did reference it, yeah. So Sugar Valley Lighting and Electrical. Yep. Um, we've got a few few clients out there at the moment who we, we deal with quite a lot. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we're trying to smash that out as best we can, and hopefully we'll go be bigger and better in 2022. Sweet. So to, to contextualise, Sugar Valley Lighting and Electrical. So you've got a background designing in lighting, uh, internal uh renovations andrew's a, an electrician so really this has been a long time coming a bit of a dream team um yeah so uh, it wasn't our original plan like our first plan was to for me just to open up a, a shop uh with prestige interiors so like fresh metal splashbacks and stuff yeah um but then uh, andrew started doing some some jobs on the side of his normal job uh, and then we got offered to to do that more regularly so we decided to know do sugar valley lighting and electrical and sort of combine the two together um but yeah so my, my passion though is is lighting yep so we're going to focus a lot on on that yep uh and obviously andrew being the electrical whiz that he is <laughs> there's, there's your tuesday rhyme of the morning <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> hashtag the whiz that he is okay that's episode 33 so, Thanks for having me. <laughs> so it's it's cool because my uh, my friendship goes back, stems back originally with Andrew and I. I went to TAFE together back in circa 06, 05. We were from different schools, but what TAFE is for you internationalists is, is kind of like a tertiary college, like a trade like a trade school. And um, one night, many years later, circa 2014 and 15, I lived in a little place called Westfall's End with my parents. I know, another kid living in home in his 20s. Would you believe it? And I was down at the local pub, the Museum Hotel, and uh, shout-outs to, because it's no longer with us, uh, poured out many a beer there, what a shithole. And, yeah, Chris is just on the peace <laughs> side of the sky. And I noticed this guy uh, having a beer, and it was like I drunkenly approached him. and was like, do I know you from somewhere? And he's like, yeah, man, we used to get a tape together. And that night I realised that he lived a few houses up. And then I met this gentleman as well. I was like, oh, this is my partner Chris, rah, rah. So... Talk a bit about that. So let's let's talk about you, Chris, as a person. Where did so you're from Lithgow, the Lithgow legend, as I'm dubbing you today? Yeah. So Lithgow from here. I don't live there anymore though, so you can't <laughs> hold that again. <laughs> so Lithgow itself is about three hours from here. So you know, so tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, like tell us a bit about Lithgow. Growing up in sort of, I guess it's you call it country in New South Wales, a very cold part of the world. <laughs> and tell us a bit about yourself and how did you come to meet Andrew and how did you come to Newcastle? 
Uh, well, my name's Chris. I'm a raging homosexual. You don't have to wave. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> it's an audio medium. I thought that was a camera. <laughs> it's an audio medium. That's in the bedroom, sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, that's bonus content coming your way. Ooh. Side gig. We're working on it. Um, <laughs> my, my, <laughs> my side hustle is to have a tussle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. I was stealing your limelight. <laughs> Anywho, back to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I am the guest. Um, so yeah, I grew up in Lithgow. Um, it was an interesting place for a young, a young gay guy. Yeah. Um, I had lots of exciting moments, horrible moments. Yeah. Horrendous moments. So when? Oh, okay, I want to back up for a sec. There. When did you? I asked Andrew this the same. The same question is, when did you know? That you were in the same gender, or were you? Were you always? Like, you just always have been. Honestly, I have always known I've been attracted to guys. Yeah. I, I didn't want anything to do with girls. Like if I accidentally brush up against a girl's tip now, I like I freak. It's like that's fucking disgusting. <laughs> Get it off. I need to sanitize. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's kind of like me when I go to the Carl's down at Curry Curry. So I've explained this place to be a shithole. Like, get off me, you meth addict. <laughs> it's exactly the same. Fair enough. Get at least, some drugs, can I? <laughs> at, least at least they'd have teeth. <laughs> well, well. It was Lithgow, so <laughs> not many. If any. How many places? <laughs> okay, sorry, apologies. So you young lad from Lithgow, always known you gay. And uh, how was that received in a small rural-like community? Uh, well, it, it really wasn't. Um, it, it was never discussed, um, and you know the very few openly gay people that were in Lithgow when I was young, um, they were you know not many people knew about them either because they they copped quite a lot of slack. Like um, their cars were vandalised every night, their their houses were egged, their windows were broken. Um, yeah, right. Pretty crazy for you know back of, in what early two thousands. Bit of a ghetto. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Lithgow, you know, some people drive through and think, oh, wow, this is it's really beautiful, it's pretty, it's fucking cold. <laughs> it but, is very cold. You know, you start going down those some of those streets and it's it's pretty fucking rough. Yeah, well, I, you're not the first person I've heard say that. So I, I spoke a bit about it before, but I worked in a resort 30Ks out of Lithgow, this pristine resort, and um, it's like, yeah, it's, it's crazy, crazy expensive anyway, so... There was one way and one way out of this specific resort. And every time you go into town to get supplies, you might go for beers with people to keep your sanity. And uh, some of the shit I saw, like, for example, the local bowling club. Went down for the raffles and a few schooners. And my goodness, I'm surprised I didn't get glassed, to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm sure you got some memories like that. Nice um, out in Lithy. I'd, one comes to mind is when I was with my ex-partner at the time. Um, I was up there just you know, having a good night. Um, there were a few friends... Uh, this one guy, this, he would not leave me alone. Just, you know, oh, you little poof, oh, you little fucking, just, just being a dickhead. Being a bigoted cunt. Yeah, pretty much. And, yeah. you know, we, I just ignored him. You know, we were all having a good time, whatever. Now, I went up to the bar to get um, me and my friends some, some drinks, and this guy stood next to me at the bar. Um, and he's, you know, what's your little, what's a little fairy going to get? Your little cruiser. So this guy's problem. <sighs> Just to fuck with. And I, I just turned to him as calm as anything, and I said, mate, clearly you're interested in me. How about we go <laughs> to the toilet? I'll give you the fuck that you want, and then you can leave me alone. <laughs> I do not doubt that at all. 
He goes like, oh, no, you're fucking, you're fucking, you're fucking, you're fucking, you're fucking, you're not doubt that one bit. Whatever, mate. Anyway, I grabbed my drinks. I started walking off. Uh, got back to the table that I was sitting at and not realising this guy was behind me. And just as I got to my table, this guy pushed me in the, in the shoulder and I, you know, jolted forward and everything. My partner at the time, he was, he was a bigger guy. Um, so he just sort of, Moved me aside and just snapped him in the nose. Good. He, he dropped to the ground like a sack of shit, and I kicked the living fucking shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So the, a guy I used to work with, um, he was a bouncer there. You know, he just come up to me and, and bear hugged me, picked me up, and carried me outside. Went, Chris, you got to go. The cops are already coming. <laughs> I refused to leave because I was, I was making my fucking point that. This hetero guy has got his ass kicked by a couple of faggots. Take that, if you're listening. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you, you just, Yeah, so generally, those of lower socioeconomic status, <laughs> what a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to edit out some stuff because I'm going, holy fuck, I can't use that. <laughs> okay. Okay, Oops. so okay, so you grew, up, you grew up in a small community. You knew you were a man into other men, mm-hmm. a gay man. Or as uh, Andrew would put it, I'm one of those homosexuals. <laughs> How good is a homosexual? <laughs> but I see, you know, the, the stereotype is that well, the only sort of thing that people would have had to go off at the time is probably movies like Priscilla Queen in the Desert, where you know you got a bunch of yeah, but that that was almost stereotyping gays to be like, you know, all gays want to dress in drag and <laughs> go parade on on the big rock, and that that's not the case, like. I mean, you know Andrew. Andrew is not uh, a flamboyant homosexual. I think if you were to look at Andrew, you wouldn't think that he's gay. You'd have a conversation with him, and you, I, don't, I still don't think you would pick it. Um, I think I'd say the same about you, though. Like, you know. Stop it. <laughs> so, the, you know, I think but in Australian culture, there wasn't a lot of, from, say, circa 80s, 90s to today, there wasn't, I can't think of any, correct me if I'm wrong here, but were there any mainstream, like, like things in the media or shows that, People would have had would have had to base the stereotypes off because I'm I'm shooting a blank here. I got nothing. You're like, look how big Freddie Mercury was. Oh yeah, true. And he wasn't. I mean, he got a little bit camp in some interviews and and stuff. But when he performed and his music and everything wasn't gay at all. Yeah, I yeah he was. I think people focus more on the music than. Well, that's right. And you're like you saw his massive crowds and stuff and like legions i mean in your doc in the documentary like there's so many people that still refuse to believe that freddie mercury was gay like, like, at the end of the day like who who cares like exactly. it matters not he was an amazing performer oh that mustache Oof. yeah i oh, know those teeth and that mustache Oof. i gotta tell you i am a sucker for a cd no oh yeah yeah Sneaky seventies style porn mo. That's crooked teeth. And if I was a pie, I'd be in trouble. Oh, that's a bit much. <laughs> that, Just give me the Those crooked teeth and that mustache are attacking that pastry. Look out! Who doesn't want a mustache ride? I uh, I just had a beard. I had a beard trim yesterday. Did you say mustache ride? Yeah. <laughs> I am a woman. Hear me roar! Not today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so the thing about Chris is that you could be talking and then. In your window, be thrown in there like that, and you would just lose it. So you know, we digress. We're talking about like growing up in small community. It was received with hatred. It was, you know, but you're doing your thing. So you know, moving on. So you're you got a history of working with people with working in in, in interior design. So 
One story I wanted to ask you. So you managed a communication, telecommunication store in Lithgow. I did. You're a manager, yes. so you'd have to deal with complaints. Oh, yeah. Can you please tell us about some of the absolute asshole, asshole uh, customers that you had and how you treated them? Um, <laughs> how I treated them? That sounds awful. It was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you cracked me up. <laughs> so there was one guy. Um, it's when this place introduced a new um, effective floor management plan um, and as the, the store manager I had to implement that so it meant that I was greeting every single customer as they walked in that door. Really? Yeah. Seems counterproductive. It was stupid but anyway um, so I was I was greeting the customers this one guy came in he he clearly knew me I mean I'd, I wouldn't say that I knew him but I'd, you know, I'd seen him around and Already knew that he was a bit of a tosser anyway. Um, yep, yep. Anyway, I, I greeted him saying, you know, what brings you in today? And he goes, oh, I don't want to be, I don't want to be served by you. I'll, I'll see someone else. And I okay. was like, oh, okay. Sorry, have I have I done something in the past? Or you know, he goes, no, I just don't want to be served by you. And I said, well, unfortunately, all my team are busy at the moment. And so I know who to send you to. I need to know what, what brings you in today. Yep, okay. Yep. And he goes, like I said, I don't want to be served by someone like you. I'm like, that's fucked up. And I'm like, someone like me, what do you mean? And he goes, I don't want to be served by a fucking poofter. And I was just like, oh. Okay, see, well, I've got goosebumps. <laughs> I know what's coming. I better brace myself. <laughs> I was just like, well, that, that's got nothing to do with, with you, mate. No, that's my own personal life. Yeah. It, and he was like, like I said, I don't want to be served by a fucking poofter. I was like, oh, well, that's unlucky for you. Um, can't help you today. He goes, no, I got a problem with Bill. I need it sorted out. I was like, too bad, mate. I help you, or no one does. Are you? Are you is your blood boiling at this point? I look. I was actually pretty calm. Yeah. Surprisingly, because normally I, I just I yeah. blow up at that sort of put stuff. The, pretty put the wind up, people. Yeah. Yeah. But um, this guy, he, you know, I just said, mate, it, it's time to leave. You need to. You need to leave. You can't tell me to leave. I went, well, actually, this is my shop. It's my name above that door. You will leave. So no, I'm not leaving until my bill is fixed. I went, mate, get the fuck out of my shop now. <laughs> and he goes, oh, what, what's the little poofter going to do? And he, he stood closer to me to get in, in my face. So I stepped closer to him yeah. and he stepped back. Good on you. Good on you. He stepped back. I stepped closer. The more he kept stepping back, the closer I kept stepping to him and kept saying, get out of my shop, get out of my shop, get out of my shop. Till he got to the, the entry of the doorway. And there was this little tiny lip. So it was a, a newly renovated shop and there was like this little lip. Little quite dangerous now, but <laughs> yeah, not my problem. <laughs> um, anyway, he his feet were like almost backed up against this little lip. Yeah. And I was like, mate, get out of my shop now. I've asked you more than three times. I can actually have you charged for trespassing. Get the fuck out. He's like, like I said, I'm not leaving until I get my bill fixed. Anyway, he... He's super tough, this dude. He's yelling oh, it from across the hallway oh, now. He, well, I'm still, like, in his face. Anyway, he did the whole, you know, when straight guys do the whole stick their chest out and, like, flint to try and, try and scare you. <laughs> yeah. That, that sort of motion. And in the surveillance footage, it looks like that he's pushed me because I've... I've really? Yeah, because I, I sort of went back a little bit. Yeah. And so I did the same to him, like it's, as in a retaliation. Didn't touch him, didn't touch him, just did the whole motion thing back to, towards him. He fell back. Oh, okay. He so, went ass over to you. So was there any ramifications from that? Uh, yes, there was. Um, the, the police was called because 
he was refusing to leave and that was, you know, my staff's understanding that if someone's refusing to leave the store, I'm dealing with it while they're whilst they're on the phone to the police. Yeah, okay. Now keeping in mind we were in Lithgow, so we had the police on speed dial who knew to attend quite quickly. Yeah, okay. Yep. Um so they they came. He he was standing up by this stage and just yelling and screaming and, and carrying on. And the police come in and gone, you know, what's happened? Told them, I said, look, I got the surveillance footage there. If you if you want to have a look, he wouldn't leave, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So that, that he said, come on, mate, let's go. And that they walked in out of the, the complex and that was it for that one. For that one. For that one, yeah. But I guess on the on the footage, he pushes you, the motion pushing you, you push back. Yeah. That's grounds for self-defense. Well, that and that's exactly what it looked like. Self-defense. So, yeah. and look, I really didn't care if it didn't look like self-defense. I, I will not be spoken to like that by anyone. I don't care. It should fuck you are. It shouldn't. It shouldn't even be like a thing. Like we um we live in an age where like and this is pre-Rona. So someone's up in my grill, like So this guy is the male version of a Karen. This is a Darren. Yeah, a Kevin. This is a Kevin or a Darren. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin's. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's okay. My next question is like. As a as a man in like who's uh, by definition a homosexual, in your adult life, have you ever copped heaps more heaps more flack? Because I I digress for a sec. One thing I love about Chris is that he does not he's not shy. And I wanted to hear the story about when you're working at the telecommunications store as a manager, telling people to fuck off, get out of my store. <laughs> we'll get to that shortly. But like in your adult life. Um, you know, how how is uh, have you copped flack for identifying as a gay man or what's the go? Um again in my in my early to mid twenties I did. Yeah. Um again that was I was still in a small community town that, you know, just idiots, bigots, you know. Um so yeah, I did a little bit. But um it never stopped me from from being me and doing what the hell I wanted to do or telling someone to fuck off out of my shop. Good, that's good. Well, it's like, see, I think the cause, the root of all evil is like uneducation, right? And the biggest issue in regional communities, especially in Australia, I'm sure it's like this all over the world, is that they perceive themselves to know everything about everybody. Um, yeah. I'm sure it's similar in the States, in the UK, or whatever. But like in around here, Lithgow as well, like little communities like this, as you get like someone who isn't the norm, the definition of a small town minded, you know, bogan sort of. Bogan is a term for, like, Aussie redneck. And, like, you know, she'll be right, how you going, sort of stuff. And for someone to be, you know, defined as not a hetero white male, you know, everyone that isn't, you know, everyone who is educated and who is ex- you know, exposed to such things is fine with it. Yeah. But these bigoted fuckwits that think they know the world but ultimately probably couldn't even tie their own shoes. Yeah. And to convince, to commit, like, what I call as a, as a hate crime to belittle someone just because they belong to a different group, like to different belong to a different circle of people. Yeah. Well, it's some in some cases, it's those guys that you know the, the heteros that act so tough and you know they're all masculine and, and they're scared of of gay guys. Um, honestly, I think straight men who act homophobic, they're just afraid that they're going to be treated by a gay guy on how they treat women. Man, that sucks. It's you know, it's it's. I think one of the one of the issues I think is the way you're raised and the generations that come before us. Yeah, hundred percent. My parents, um, you know, they're they're fine, they're lovely, whatever. But I think if I were to come home and say, hey, look, you know, I'm identifying as a gay man, they'd be taken back by it. Yeah. Not because of like, 
Look, it's, that's understandable because in their day and age, you know, that's it's how they were brought up. It's you know, it was their era. Um, these days, I think if a young kid was to go home to their parents and say, "Hey, mum, dad, I'm I'm gay," they they're probably gonna say, mm, "We had a bit of an inkling anyway." It, I think it's it's like it, as the progression of time, it's like the awareness of mental health issues. It's the awareness of like things like yeah. trends in smoking, like more research, more time, you know. And, and uh, more exposure to things, it becomes cultural. Mm. And I think, yeah, I think you're exactly right in terms of like the, the generations and the way people are raised. And you know, out there, it's mining culture. It's you know, it's what we. So the dull system here, the welfare payments is called Centrelink. So for all the international listeners out there, if you know people on welfare, uh, if you in Australia you're referred to as someone on Centrelink or a Houso, a Housing Commission, so take that, Kevin's. So okay, well that's. You know, I mean, we could delve more into more stories if you want, but ultimately, I'm getting a, a sense as to like being. See, I never. So even to this day, I look at you. Not that the not that it matters, but the stereotype of a flamboyant gay man is tight jeans, um, putting on the putting on this, putting on this, you know, speaking like this. I was that was I not meant to be using my butch voice? Well, you can do whatever you want. Oh, okay, sorry. So there was a there was a time. I think I spoke with this to Andrew, one of your friends, myself. Uh, you <laughs> I and Andrew. Story about to tell. <laughs> we went to somewhere a burger joint for, for dinner or something, a few beers, and uh, your friend said to you, hmm, "I just want to spit on him." And I thought, and I'm me being me, I was completely unaware. I said, "What does that mean?" And you then said to me, "Mitch, he wants to fuck you." I'm like, <laughs> wow, he could have at least bought me a burger. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know whether to be flattered or offended. I mean, I was flattered, and if I swung that way, damn, he'd be a good spooner. <laughs> but, um, oh, what, mate. So for a while there, okay, full disclaimer, this part of my life isn't spoken about a lot just because it doesn't come up. There's no there's no shame about it. Just for a while there, Chris, you referred to me as... A gay apprentice. A gay apprentice, or the hashtag apprentice. <laughs> and uh, you said, and I, and I quote, you can do it under me, but on tish. <laughs> Work on so many levels, <laughs> and he said at least at the very at the very least to be a queer. Yeah. Now I remember you saying that to me. Hilarious. Now about around the time of I think it was your thirtieth birthday. It was. So you had. It was either you, yeah. It was either one of the birthdays you had in the backyard. So Chris and Andrew's block is quite large, and they've hosted many cool party there. All awesome light settings. It's, it was unreal. This is pre-Rona. So uh, I'd just come from a day on the beers, and. Um, yeah, I don't know, I just had a bi-curious face, and I experimented, experimented with uh, some, uh, some penises in my mouth, <laughs> not at the same time, and uh, mine went places. In the same night, though. Oh, Mitchy, you are easiest two-minute noodles champion, <laughs> and also mine went to places that I'd never gone before as well over a period of time. So, yeah, woof, stop, drop, and roll, <laughs> Mitchy, you're on fire. But, yeah, like, I, full disclaimer, I... And I, I still think I do have a little bit of a buy streak maybe in there somewhere. Yes. But I um I don't know, like I think it's important to if there's something that you want to try, you know, try it. I'm just like, okay, cool. Now horrendously drunk the first time. <laughs> horrendously. But, you know, for a while there it was awesome. I was sort of like I'd have these questions about like, you know, what is what does this mean? What does this mean? You're like, okay, cool. Because you and Andrew are quite open when it comes to speaking about experiences and all that sort of thing. And we'll get to how you met Andrew in a sec, but one of the funniest things I remember was I was talking about, like, sleeping with a girl, and you're like, ew, 
He said, if you want to have the best orgasm of your life, go out and buy yourself a cock ring. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> so for those who are unfamiliar, it's a, it's kind of like a belt with like little places. like yeah, And you put it around your little fella and you pull it tight to a point where it's just going to hold the blood a bit better. And your orgasm will just literally blow your mind whole. Did you get one? Yeah, I, I, not at the moment. I ha- I've had one in the past, but when I moved, I got rid of it. But um, I was with a girl once, and she said, oh, you know, you only, you only think with your dick. I'm like, well, maybe you can blow my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably why I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> but during that during that time, do you have any, like, funny memories of me? Try to make this all about me. Um, I look there's... <laughs> yeah, I remember one night you you come up, you'd been out drinking, you were just, were just talking smack on the lounge. Surprise, surprise. And then you said, I've never kissed a guy before, but I, I, I wondered what it was like. Anyway, we ended up having a little kiss. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, and you were like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, yeah, no, that's all right, that's all right. So <laughs> cash, so cash. And then next minute, I don't know what was going on, but um, you had your dick out in your hand. Um, I didn't laugh long, though, because you'd passed out <laughs> with your dick in your hand <laughs> on the lounge. <laughs> I'm definitely I'm definitely more of a grower than a shower. These days, I'm a stower. <laughs> I'm just like, do I, do I poke it back in or do I just cover it with a blanket or just what do I do? Anyway, we just left you there. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't be sorry. It was hilarious. And um, <laughs> yes, and I am very white. <laughs> very white. <laughs> With the stereotype that I have a small penis. Oh, wow. Keep it classy, Mitch. Wow. <laughs> and that's going to stay in the show. <laughs> now everyone knows. I'm not shy about it, is where yeah. it is. Um, Trust me, I've, I've seen a hell of a lot smaller. Oh, you hear that, everyone? Oh, I've seen, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's not go there. <laughs> Oh, right. I don't want to go past my butt cheeks. What the fuck are you going to do with that? Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never change. Never change. So, okay, lift-go days. You're an adult. You're in your mid-20s at this point, early 20s. Yeah. Tell us, I heard Andrew's perspective how he met you. Yeah. Can we hear your perspective of how you met Andrew? Um, I'm pretty sure the stories are going to be pretty pretty similar. But yep. um, Andrew was in lift-go working... At one of the one of the pits there, um, and we both happened to be on good old grinder at the time. Um, I I'm pretty sure that I messaged him first, just going hey. Um, we started talking anyway. Andrew told me that he was uh, in town for the night working at a pit, whatever, blah blah blah. And then he asked me where was a good place to go for dinner. Uh, I said, oh, you know, where are you staying? And he goes, oh, just at um, like what was it the bone in i think it was yeah um and i thought oh, if you just cross the highway and go down to the right a little bit there's the donnybrook hotel donnybrook hotel uh and i think i remember this in andrew's episode that he explained that the donnybrook hotel was stuck in the in the 70s i think it's what he said yeah the orange peel in their salad <laughs> and the, the chairs are like those fleur orange old school chairs and it was just hilarious Anyway, so he goes, oh, yeah, cool. And then I, I asked him if he wanted some company for dinner. And he's like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. And I said, oh, well, I'll come and come pick you up and we'll take, take you it, over to the dining room. Take, take you across the road. Yeah. I love it. So I I went over to the 
to his room, picked him up, and we nervous to Johnny Brook. Um, I don't think so. You don't strike me someone that gets real nervous. I, I, I can get very nervous meeting new people. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but no, I think I was pretty pretty chilled. Um, I don't know. I know it was just grinder in a, in a conversation over over text, but I already felt pretty comfortable talking to Andrew. Yep. Anyway, um, we went and had dinner and we, we just talked shit and where he was from and what he did and, you know, that crap. Anyway, we finished dinner and we went back to, to his room. Mm-hmm. Um, to that's where I got very nervous. Okay, okay. It's like to I see, like the stereotype for grinder is it's usually a hookup app. Yeah, same as Tinder, I suppose. But yeah, like, you're dick wet. Yeah, that's exactly right. And um, you know, it, that, that first date blues. It's like the first. So a lot of people that I know, first meeting is just like a drink or or a, a coffee, somewhere mutual. So that way, if you need to leave, you can. Yeah. Obviously, different circumstances here. You're the local. <laughs> Okay, so how did it? How did that go? Uh, well, I didn't shut up. I, I talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. Is that a nervous thing? Do you think <laughs> it is? Yeah, I I can't shut up when I'm nervous. But um, it got to it was very late. I can't remember if it was like two or four o'clock in the morning or something. But yeah, Andrew ended up kicking me out because he, <laughs> he said had that. to start working a few hours <laughs> and he needed at least some sleep. So I was like, oh, I left. Um, the next day we, we chatted on, on Grindr again, um, we exchanged numbers and then the, the following weekend I drove to Newcastle to spend the weekend with him. That's eager, but you know, yeah. so it's not a small journey. No, but, no, it's, it was it's clear that you've had, hours. it's clear that you've had chemistry at this point. Otherwise yeah. you can't just, when, so one of the things that in my experience I've noticed is that I need to be comfortable to sit down and. And talk to someone over a meal. So generally, what my uh, think, what my go-to thing is, as I said, you go to someone mutual. That way, there's no pressure. Yep. You can both leave if you want to. Button me. And um, but this circumstance, like it's kind of like, hmm, how do I navigate my way through this? <laughs> and you know, the fact that you guys hit it off so well, and you drove three hours to hang out, spend the weekend together, it must be that you don't hear that happening very often. No. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. But yeah, it was, we were taking weekends in turn. So the weekend after that, Andrew came down and spent the weekend with me in Lithgow. Then I was back up to Newcastle. Newcastle and every weekend I just alternated for, for a while. Um, do you think you could do that long term? Uh, well, we did it for about six months. Yeah. Um, and then we, we started thinking, oh, you know, this is, this is a lot. You know, Andrew was working ridiculous hours. So he, yeah. was, he was really tired. When he was coming to Lithgow, he would drive down on a Friday night, get to Lithgow at about, you know, sometimes two o'clock in the morning. Um, and then he'd have to leave, you know, Sunday to start work on Monday. But he was leaving, like, after dinner on a Sunday. So he'd get home late, get a little bit, bit of sleep, do it all over again. Yeah. And that, um, that's – I don't think that's, like, sustainable over a long period of time. And, it, and, and you're someone who recognises things like that, and I'm sure that meant the world to you. Oh, yeah. And vice versa when you went up there yep. as well. Well, I ended up taking um, some leave from work um, and I come up to Newcastle and spent, oh, I think, a week week with him here and Andrew just bought a, bought a house um, and so I, I come up to help him set up and all that that stuff. Um, yeah, and then I guess we did we just discussed it and uh, so maybe I should start looking for a job 
in Newcastle and maybe I could like I say Andrew actually asked me to move in. Yeah, that's that's um which was pretty quick, you know, six months. Big step. Yeah. And you know, all my family and friends were, you know, down Lithgow way. And that so it was it was a huge step and it, it took me a bit to think about it and like well do you know what I'm I'm certainly not gonna find anyone in Lithgow, nor would I want anyone from Lithgow. <laughs> um, <laughs> all the fence taken to Lithgow people, please. Shots fired. <laughs> Shots fired. Take that, you messies. <laughs> um, but no, um, it wasn't long after that. I, I got a job and I was more than happy to tell my current employer at a call centre with telecommunications. Not the same one as <laughs> before, but I took great pride in saying, <laughs> see you, suckers. <laughs> um, so, yeah, then next minute, um, Next minute, I was packing my shit in the car and moved to Newcastle. On your way, it's nerve wracking, isn't it? Making a change, I, but like I think the best version of yourself, if you resent a place that much, you will never truly succeed there. Yeah, and like Newcastle, for those of you who are unaware, four hundred fifty thousand people, as opposed to Lithgow's in a in a town, what twenty thousand people? Yeah, if that, if that. And uh, you know, Newcastle's a gorgeous coastal town. There's wineries here. There's tourism, there's a lot of opportunities. You know, this is pre-runner, of course, but, you know, so more chances to set yourself up for success here, I think. And, um, yeah, so well done on making the move. Okay, so my, I, I like to ask people this, who have made a big, like, life-altering decision. What advice would you give to someone who might be on the fence about taking up a new job, moving for a relationship like you had, or making a new start for themselves, the sea or the tree change, as they call it? Yep. What, what, what would you say to those people out there? Well, no, just very recently, um, uh, a very good friend of mine uh, was living in, in Lithgow working and he was having issues with um, with his current employer. Um, and he, he, he'd worked in Australia, Western Australia um, for a long time, so he'd sort of lost um, connections with people back home. Anyway, um, he came up and house sat for us uh, in April, um, and then another friend of his said, oh, I know a guy up there who does similar things to what you're doing in, in Lithgow. Anyway, long story short, he ended up getting a job up here near Maitland, uh, and then, you know, he was all excited, yep, I'm going to get out of Lithgow, get out of Lithgow, it's going to be great. And he went back home and then was sitting on it and just like, fuck, this is this is huge. I'm about to pack all my shit, move to somewhere that I've I've never been. I don't know anyone except except for me. Um, so he was just like, fuck, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it. And I was just like, mate, do you know what? Sometimes you just need to push yourself. Yep. Take that leap. Worst case scenario, go back. You get three hours from home. Go back. Yep. That's what I, I was similar for me when I, so I broke up with ex-girlfriend, which you had the pleasure of meeting. Oh, which one? Oh, big, <laughs> big nose. Oh, yes. And, you know, at the time, I wasn't at my best self. Like, I felt like I was tiptoeing on eggshells and I wasn't confident enough, confident enough to speak about what I wanted and what I needed from the relationship. Um, back in episode uh, 16 or 18, I spoke to a guy named Jack Kammer, which he might like, and he speaks about, you know, he's, a, he's fighting for male rights in terms of, like, the support we need from the government, um, you know, things like, you know, men in the US alone don't have as many areas to go for mental illness and things like this. So that's what he's doing. He said, 
You know, it's, it's our job as males to speak up to women to tell them what we need. Women have done a fantastic job since the feminist rights movement in the 60s fighting for equality, which is defined as equal rights, which is fantastic. So, you know, at the time I felt inadequate, you know, and we broke up. Do you remember how I got dumped? Um, oh, it'll come flooding back as soon as you say the first few. Words. All right, so what happened was um, her and I were on for about six months, and then I had, I guess you call it a mental episode at my birthday, and I was a dick uh, to you, uh, yes. Andrew, to a lot of people, and I still I still feel bad about that, and I do apologise. I'm not blaming anyone, it's my own fault, but this chick... Um, just knew how to pull the strings and was very, like, taking but not giving. Yeah. And um, as I progressed on with my relationships and made me focus on someone more who is, comp- is uh, a little bit more compromising like me. So I'm still sorry about that, man. That's that's shade in the past. Anyways, we were supposed to go on a road trip over the New Year's break up to Queensland to see her family and friends. Sweet. Not a problem. Took three weeks off to do that. Paid for accommodation and stuff like that. We're supposed to leave, I think, two days after Christmas. Tells me on Boxing Day, I don't want you to come. So I'm out of pocket, 500 bucks, and I just took all this extra leave off I didn't need to. Not only that, New Year's Eve, I'm miserable, I'm mopey. You know, I've always been the kind of person who you make out with the person at midnight sort of thing. Get a text message at about 11.15pm. Oh, I think we're done. Got dumped by a text message by someone who was supposedly supposed to be a tell-it-how-it-is kind of person. I thought that was a pretty cowardly act. And, yeah. The kind of person I was back then was circa 2015, and it wasn't long before I fucked off went to England. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was the accelerated fact that, you know what, fuck this, I've had a gut full, I need a reset, I need to go. In hindsight, it was the best thing I ever did because, like, it, it, the thing that help, helps mend a broken heart and a broken mind, in my opinion, is doing something that you enjoy. And in that out-of-your-comfort-zone style, living somewhere new, like your friend was like, what do I do here? Mm. I was shitting bricks. I was going to England, didn't know a soul. But you know what? I did it. I hate, I'm absolutely petrified of getting on a plane. But I went and I made the best 2016 my own. I And you know what? To, I went, got to a point where I was truly free in the world, free to do go wherever I wanted. I sold my car, so I had some cash. And it was cool. So I oh, eventually moved into a share house. Hey, Mitch, this week going to Barcelona. This week we're flying out to Nice, France, whatever. And it was the best time. Yeah. So I absolutely reinforce what you said. Sometimes you just have to go. You just got to push yourself. Do it. And, um, you know, I don't want to throw shade against this ex-girlfriend of mine because, you know, we. what's the point you, if you if you stoop to that level and, you know, just go back to the bad memories? I go back to my version of myself, what, six or seven years ago now, and I just think, you know what, I was still a nice guy, but I allowed myself to be taken advantage of. In yeah. turn, it went on and on and on, and I exploded, which I've never done before, never done since. And I upset a lot of friends at night. And I drew, that's one small thing in life, in very few moments in my life I've regretted, and that's truly one of them. Yeah. And I think the burning desire to feel inadequate. So please, if you're out there, if you're listening to this, it ain't weak to speak. Don't let what happened to me happen to other people. Like it ruined a relationship, it ruined lots of friendships. It took me months to mend my friendship with Chris. You were more forgiving than Andrew because Andrew, I think, caught the grunt of it because yeah. I was offensive, I was rude, and I take full responsibility for my actions. It didn't help out a few beers in me. And then, anyways, it wasn't my best self. But if you ever find yourself at a time where you feel things building up, the pressure building, take a day for yourself. Go grab yourself lunch, have a 
treat yourself day. I take myself to the movies regularly by myself because it's what I enjoy. But just, just talk to someone. Yeah, that too. You know, there's, there's so many, you know, it, you can even do it on apps these days just to talk to someone. Hotlines, a friend, your doctor, yeah, psychologist. Yeah, there's even anyone. If you don't want to physically talk about it, there are services out there all over the world you can text people to. Yep. If that's yeah, what you're more, things, yeah. That's, that's what you're more comfortable doing. And you'd be surprised just how overwhelmingly satisfying it can be just to put your – everyone thinks like, oh, yeah, I'm going to put my troubles on a stranger. That's what they're paid for. And a friend would rather see you go through your darkest days than not see you at all. 100%. So, anyways, we might do, we might change it up a little bit. <laughs> so every week, every week, the one consistent thing that this, every episode's had is that people come on for a whinge, wine, sook, however you relate to it, um, and we get some troubles off our chest. So, Mr. Chris, I'd like to ask you, would you like to have a, a bitchy with Mitchy? Sure. So what's so what the idea is, take something that pisses you off, could be lately or in general. If I can go first while you think of something. Yeah. So th- I, I seem to have an issue every week. <laughs> this is great therapy. So this week, I am um, speaking about like places that are shit to live. So this place is called Curry Curry, and um, I've referenced it, referenced it before, the place so shit they named it twice. And I think I know what what we can talk about. You just received an email from a certain from yeah. a certain practicing medical place. Yeah. So we'll talk about that in a sec. But for me, uh, this week was um, just the amount of inconsiderate people there are out there that don't think that aren't proactive about stuff. For example, I was at the local shopping center here, and a woman walked out and forgot her bags. And you have to go right. You have to exit the store a certain way and come back in because of covid restrictions so instead of doing the right thing walking the extra i don't know 20 meters walking out come back in grabbing a bag she's rudely turned around knocked over a, a senior citizen an older guy who was you know on a, one of those in the frame thingies knocked him over rushed in grabbed the bag walked back out and didn't even apologize to this guy and you just witness that shit and you go fuck like i am so my bitch is you know, those inconsiderate people out there that just can't concept as to what's going on around them. They just get caught up in their own little mindset. So please, people, be considerate and, you know, absolutely adapt to what's going on around you. Be aware. Be alert. And, um, you know, if you stuff up and forget something, that's not a big deal. Go back around and get it. That's mine of the week. How have you got something that you'd like to share with us today, sir? That I do. <laughs> so what's your epic bitch for the day? Receptionist. In general, or just not, no, 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 not in general. Um, just, just a few. Like, um, so the main ones I, I refer to uh, is ones in doctor surgeries. <laughs> oh, the infamous doctor uh, surgery. So I've had, I've had a couple of run-ins with some receptionists at doctor surgeries. One a fair while ago at a practice that is no longer open. Um, <laughs> I think another one you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and it, was it the older lady? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yes. And it, it turned out that, the, look, the doctors at that surgery were great, but I refused to go there because I would not be treated the way that those receptionists treated me. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because when you walk into a doctor's surgery, receptionist is the first person you see. Yep. When you walk out of a doctor's surgery, they're the last person you see. They're the ones making the impression on the place. This is true. This is yeah. true. Yeah. Anyway, scrap that one. Recently, this week. Oof. Fresh off the press, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Fresh off the press. Well, not this week, last week, rather. Um, so I I was sick. Um, I, I had a sore throat. I'd lost my voice, blah, blah, blah. 
on the Sunday, I went and got a COVID test, as you do to do the right thing. And yep. you know, you're not fun, hey? Yep. No. Well, they're, they're not as bad as they used to be, but still, I did it because it was the right thing to do. Two o'clock Monday morning, I got the result back to say that I was negative. Okay, cool. On Monday morning, I rang my my GP and asked to make an appointment. Whispering, by the way, because I literally had no voice. Yep. Um, anyway, they told me that they couldn't see me, blah, blah. So I rang a few other places. No one could see me. And I was assuming that they couldn't see me because I hadn't had any appointments available. But no, they didn't want to see me because I had symptoms. Um, okay, well, and I, I just didn't think to say to them, I've been tested for COVID and it's it's come back negative. Okay. Anyway, so I was a bit, I was a bit upset, you know, because I, I really needed to see someone. Like it, it was, stru- I was getting to the point where it was hurting to breathe. So sounds very like, yeah, n- and like pneumonia style. Yeah, and there was another time before, like I, I couldn't get into my GP, so I went to the emergency room, and the emergency room told me, "Why are you here? Go see your GP." I'm like, "Well, I fucking can't because I can't get in." Yeah, okay. What the fuck are you meant to do? Die until anyway. Different story. Um. I ended up ringing my mum. So she's a, my mum's a nurse, um, and I knew she couldn't help me over the phone, but you know, I just needed that bit of a vent sort of thing. Yeah, of course. And, you know, of course. Yeah. Anyway, she, she said, no, nah, ring your GP back, tell them that you've been tested for COVID, it's negative, and that you need to see a doctor, you don't care what doctor, but you need to see a doctor today. So I was like, yep. Okay, no, it wasn't even 9, 9 a.m. at this stage. It yeah, was, okay. A lot of places, early. a lot of places, uh, keep slots, but yeah. around midday open for the people like yourself. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, I ring back my my regular GP's office. Uh, the receptionist answers the phone. I explained to her that you know who I was, what I needed. Um, I'd been I tested negative to COVID and that, and she went, "Yep, no worries. We can see you at three fifteen. Cool. So I was like, "Sweet, perfect, great." Three PM comes around. I I walk in. Andrew came with me because I. I, I literally couldn't talk. You need an interpreter. Time. I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Andrew says to this receptionist, uh, this is Chris. He has an appointment at 3 o'clock, whatever, um, for, for a sore throat. Well, this lady, and I, in some degree I get it because of the whole COVID thing, but it's how she handled it. Uh, Were you wearing so, a mask and stuff? No. No, well, so, they're not mandatory anymore, so... Well, that's right, and I wasn't advised by the receptors on the phone to wear one. Yeah, plus you know you don't have it, so... That's right. Okay. Um, anyway, so I get I get there, this lady's gone, uh, you can't be in here with COVID symptoms, or flu, flu-like symptoms, or whatever she said. And Loud, like, so she's telling she's, the world... Yeah, she said it quite loudly, and for the rest of the waiting room to hear, and I just felt all these eyes just pinpoint onto me and so much for doctor patient confidentiality yeah, hey yeah now, i've i've whispered to her um no no i've i called earlier i've explained that i'm no i'm neg- i'm covid negative yeah and that i can be seen and she she just carried on well have you got the results for the for the COVID test. Show your like, phone? Yes. Cool. As I've already explained to you, well, I need to see that. And I, I ended up saying to her, calm down. All you have to do is ask. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Profession- She's paid to be a professional. Yeah. Yeah. So I've held my phone up to her. She's read the message and she goes, oh, well, that's fine then. Take a seat. Oh, but if you cough, wear a mask. Wow. I'm like, okay, you 
fucking mole. <laughs> so I go and sit down. Oh dear. <laughs> feeling like out. that all these people are looking at me thinking, oh my God, that guy's got COVID, we're all going to fucking die. So I thought, no, fuck this bitch. I thought, I'm going to I'm gonna send an email. Did it there and then? I did it there and While then. While it was fresh in the melon. While it was fresh in the melon. Yeah, nice. So in, in my email, I was like, as I sit here in the in your waiting room, blah, 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 blah. Um, experience shame, humiliation. Yep. And look, it's not the first time I've experienced rudeness in in that practice. Yeah. Um, so I... I gave some more examples of other times and, that, and just explain, you know, patients come into these doctor surgeries because they're unwell and or are struggling with mental health conditions. Yeah, inadequacies and... The last thing they need is to be treated the way that your receptionists are treating the patient. Absolutely. Anyway, explained all the situation. Um, I sent it to the receptionist email and I also sent it to the practice manager. Um a few days later, I had to go back to, to my GP uh, to just for another checkup, um, and I explained to her what had happened to me and uh, forwarded her the email so she could read it. She was very apologetic. Um, she shouldn't have to apologise for someone else's Well, that's actions. right. But as she explains that, um, you know, they're, they're the face of her. Yeah, you know, exactly They're right. the ones taking my money. My doctor's the one just treating me for the... For symptoms and and whatever. Yep. Uh, so she was very apologetic, and she said, "I promise you, I will." All she did. She will make sure that something is done about it. So she was going to go talk to the practice manager and the principals of of that practice. Good. Yeah. And so well, I, I felt a bit better thinking, yeah, something's definitely going to get done because my my GP, she's lovely. I if she was to leave, I would follow her to wherever she went. Yep. She's she's amazing, and I'll tell you what. It is so hard to find a good doctor that you trust. Yeah, I've been going to the same GP now for most of my life, and the practice that shut down is now about 10 kilometres away. Yeah. So I followed it. I'll go a little bit further to go see him. Yeah. Absolute champion of a bloke. Yeah. And um, so this, I absolutely can relate to you there. When I when I was diagnosed with Crohn's, I was a 21-year-old kid, and People have heard the story of like how I shit myself and was humiliated. So I might feel inadequate. And I'm seeing this specialist for the first time. So I've had to drive right in Newcastle, got a medical referral, shitting my pants, mind the pun, and everyone knows it's going to be expensive. And this woman was, so she's the receptionist of a, like a specialist. So you would think that the demographic, uh, so, you know, I went to see a gastroenterologist, right? So you would think that the demographic of people there are a little bit older, a little bit more well-versed. I didn't know how much this appointment was going to cost, and I went up there and I said, oh, hi, I'm Mitch Kelly, I'm here to see blah, blah, blah. She goes, okay, have you got your referral? She said, oh, we sent over. We haven't received it. And I said, well, I'll, let me ring them. I'll get them to send it back over. And she goes, you're supposed to have this organised by the time you come here. And I looked at her and I said, no. The woman on the phone said she'd received it. Have a look in your emails, and I'll ask them to send it back over. And she started arguing with me there in the practice. I said, the woman said her name was Janelle. And this woman's name was Janelle. I oh, said it was, I looked at her, I said, it was you. You told me yourself. And I played the voice message for her on loudspeaker. I said, is this not your voice? Yeah, why? I said, you told me, and now you're telling me something fucking different 24 hours later. Mm. Yes, I made, I made a scene because I was pissed <laughs> off. I was channeling my Chris Brown. I love a good scene. I was channeling my inner Chris. And, um... And you could see like some people in the in, in like laughing, and I like to entertain. So she's like, "Fine, that's all well in order, all good." I sits down, conveniently sounded. And she calls me back over. She goes, "Oh, you haven't paid for your 
consult consultation. I haven't fucking had it. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> How can I, like, I don't, I didn't, like, she goes, you got to prepay. I said, no, I don't. How, why am I going to pay for a service that I haven't had yet? And you can see the doctor just pops his head and goes, in you come, Mitch. Popped in there. He's like, yeah, she, um, I apologise about that. But you're exactly right. I didn't really stop to think about now the face you see, the face you leave with. Yeah. They're essentially like, in, for a better term, a mascot. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so to all the medical receptionists out there battling through this COVID time, we appreciate you, we love you, but for those who are too, like, desensitised and just having a shit day, have the day off, you know? If you're going to yeah. bring that shitty mood to work, any profession. Yeah, anything. If you need help, talk to someone. Because, like, a little thing like that that Chris experienced or a little thing that I, like, I experienced shouldn't be a big deal. If you are or struggling. if you're just a fucking bitch, get a different fucking job where you don't have to see people. True words said here, folks. So yeah, this no, you're exactly right. Like I used to, so I used to work in retail. Worked at a chain of hardware stores. I was a people greeter, and we had a manager who was a bitch. And um, so you know, she was in charge of the heat and deck department, so like paints, your your, your carpets, your tiles, etc. And um, the uh, her nickname was Sai because you got her with an issue. Oh hey, just like you know, this customer has returned this because of this defect. All time, you could almost it was almost a ringtone. Oh, size at it again, and um, this I don't know, just like the mental inability mm. to just deal with backlash. That's that's a customer role. You are going to get backlash, you know. But if you're a professional, cool, calm, and concise, okay, not a problem. Because these people are stressed, you know. They go to you for answers, and if you cannot, you know, as I said, if you're not the right person for the job, going to be fucking rude and a bitch, then don't do it. Yeah. I'm Mitch Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, in the same instance, I bet they get they get some patients that are absolute fucking assholes yes. to them. Yeah. And like like my story before when I was telling my customers to get the fuck out of my shop. Yeah. You know, totally get it. No one deserves to be spoken to that way. No. But in this instance at this doctor surgery, I went in sick. I had no voice. I couldn't be rude because I couldn't fucking talk. Yeah. And this is how this lady is talking to me. Yeah. Someone that pays for his consultations. Yep. I don't get bulk billed. I fucking pay for them. Me too. And they're not cheap. So at my doctor's, it's you get rebated. thirty. So it's like 80 bucks to see them. You get rebated like $32 or something. Yeah. And like, as you said, these people are inadequate, confused, scared somewhat. You know? Yeah. Like, fuck, can I go back to work? What do I do? Like, all these things. And then to be treated like that, if I had seen that, I just would have shaken my head, going, you're kidding. So, yeah, okay, so might wrap things up there shortly, but for the Sugar Valley Lighting business that you've started on. Sugar Valley Lighting and Electrical. So where can people find you? I will, I will give you the correct spelling in the bio underneath, but where can people find you on Andrew? If you live around the Newcastle area or if you want some consultation work done. Uh, so emailing us is probably the best way at the yep. moment. Yep. Uh, so and it's just... Sugar Valley Lighting and Electrical at Outlook.com. Yep. Um, we don't have a website yet or media platform like that. Uh, we're really just focusing on on clients at the moment, what they need and what we can do for them. Yep. Well, you're a brand um, new business, so. We are. Look, we will get into some media, but at, at this present time, because um, keeping in mind, this is only a part-time business for us. Yep. Uh, we both still have our own regular jobs we do. Yep. Um, so yeah, until we go full time, um, which 
is in the plans and yep. hopefully in near future that that's going to happen fingers crossed um yep. we will then employ someone to do our our media for us sweet so yeah so you know licensed licensed uh, professionals chris is an expert when it comes to all things lighting and interior andrew is a licensed electrician with experience in mining domestic commercial so between the pair of them they got it covered and one of the projects they're working on now is a very trendy bar upcoming in newcastle delicatessen fine dining what am i missing out what am i leaving out so the, it's the piazza Mercato. If I can plug there. Shout outs. Shout outs. Shout outs. Um, they are open. It's the food is incredible. Yep. The lighting's pretty good too. <laughs> um, yeah, look, if you want somewhere nice to go, they're on uh, Hunter Street, corner of Hunter Street and Brown Street. I'll include, I'll include them as well. Yep. They're, it's a beautiful place. And if you like Lemoncello, the best. Love Lemoncello. Lemoncello. In the town. One of the oh, very God. few alcohols that never truly freezes. Oh. It's I remember, I remember, um, it is all good. I remember when we were in Sicily and, uh, we just had an absolute smorgasbord of red wine, pasta. Um, How you know, good is Italian red wine? Oh my God. Oh, the best. And we just, the limoncello over there is generally an after, des- after dessert like treat. So we had, we even had like some, um, what's that ice cream called? Gelato. Gelato. We had gelatos. And I had lemon gelato, and it was a perfect transition to having this limoncello. <laughs> and let me tell you, limoncello made me a happy fellow. I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> right, so Sugar Valley, Hunter Lighting, check them out. Keep me in the bio. Thanks for coming along today, sir. Thank you. Thanks for the funny stories. You cracked me up. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, see you all next time. That's episode 33. And, actually, now I've got a brand-new website up. It's called lifesmithpodcast.com. <laughs> Funnily enough, but now, so yeah, you can find everything out there. If you want to be in touch with the show, give me a review on Apple Play. Coming up soon on more streaming services, I'm hoping. And uh, so you might be able to find me on Google and iHeartRadio. And uh, yeah, check those out. Give me a rating if, you, if you've liking the content. And uh, if you want to get in contact with the show, email me at lifesubmitch at gmail.com. Episode 33. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye for now. <laughs>